Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. The fallout, rationale, and after-the-fact insight we're getting since the Brooklyn Nets conceded to James Harden's wishes and dealt him to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons has me reflecting on how we, fans, media, Pretty much anyone who is not an NBA player apply our reality to theirs. When having spent enough time and seen enough over my 30 years of covering the league, I've come to understand that being an NBA player is an entirely different reality in every respect. There's, for starters, the physique and visibility. I'm always surprised by how many professional baseball and football players can walk down the street or go into a store and be completely unrecognized. That never happens with an NBA player. Now think about that reality. Wherever you go, you are recognizable by pretty much everyone. Their height invariably makes them stand out no matter where they go. And if that doesn't do it, their facial recognition does for sure. It's a funny thing when you know you're recognizable. You instinctively do things to keep from being recognized, things that only people trying not to be recognized do. Wear a hat low over your eyes, refuse to make eye contact, walk with your head down, or your gaze set dead ahead, angling your body at a table or standing somewhere that prevents someone from getting a clear look at your face. All of that, of course, only creates more attention and curiosity because the people walking by are now wondering, who is that trying to hide their identity? And as a result, they look a little closer. I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen, I wanted to call it the perp walk, but you've seen celebrities walking out of a coffee shop or down the street in LA and they immediately have that look like they're trying not to be recognized. And that's the dead giveaway that, oh, they must be, who is that? Since they're trying not to be recognized. Back to the NBA. And then there's the schedule. 
it is largely super unsupervised for an NBA player. For three or four months of the year, they are completely on their own. In season, on practice days, they have at most three, four hours that are spoken for. Now, to become a pro and stay a pro, it requires a lot more time and dedication than that, but how all that is structured is largely up to the player. And then there's the money. 20-somethings generally aren't instant millionaires. Those that are, there's a good chance they came from money. They've been around it. There are exceptions to all of this, overnight rags to riches stories, but they're a rarity. Most people, if they're lucky enough to make seven figures at some point in their lives, have to build up to that kind of earning potential. Not NBA players. They go from being college students to millionaires. Not at the drop of a hat, but the wearing of one. That's not a typical reality at all. And I dare say probably not anything like yours. They're also living a life where everyone knows what they make and what their job performance is on a nightly basis. Well, at least they think they know. Or they have an opinion about it. That's hardly a typical reality either. I bring all this up because of the responses I got on social media after posting that I was all for player empowerment, but that where James Harden has taken it is not a positive development for the league. One of the responses suggested that it was okay for players to act as James has, which is to refuse to do his job to the best of his ability until he is traded, because teams have the wherewithal to trade a player wherever they want, whenever they want, which is not exactly true. Yes, they have that right, but with a player of Harden's stature, they don't get traded out of the blue. And they're not going being sent somewhere they don't want to go. The team receiving them wants to know that a player of magnitude wants to be there. So generally, it's run by them. We're looking to trade you or acquire you. How would you feel about that? The other team is technically not supposed to talk to the player, so it may go through his agent, but the answer is sought, one way or another. Those players, like Tyrese Halliburton, being dealt by the Kings to the Pacers, yes, it can be a shock. They don't see it coming, or at least he didn't. And it's a rough deal to pledge allegiance to a team in a city and suddenly find yourself being sent somewhere else. Players talk about it all the time. The first time they got traded, what a shock to the system it was. Learning about their, maybe not learning about their new reality as much as realizing exactly what their new reality is capable of making them feel like. Having to uproot themselves and find a new home, make new friends, a new school for their kids, a new routine, all of that not at their choosing. But there are a couple reasons why the hypersensitivity to that turn of events by fans on behalf of a player is misplaced. One, the player knows what he's signing up for. The possibility of being traded, of spending their career in more than one place, is pretty, pretty much the rule, not the exception. There are a handful of players who stay in the league and play for the same franchise their entire career. A handful. It's nowhere near the norm. Two, a player knows the type of contract he negotiates can dictate his flexibility. No trade clauses are rare, but some players have the juice to get them. And if you really want, 
greater flexibility and control over where you're playing and for how long, a player has the wherewithal to sign a short-term contract and then have greater flexibility to choose where he goes next if he doesn't like where he is. Or he can prefer the security of a longer-term contract and know that in exchange that he's sacrificing his ability to be on the open market. There is nothing ever about a professional contract in sports, short of one with a no-trade clause, that guarantees a player will spend the length of that contract with the team that gave it to him. A player knows and understands that. Three, it's not as if a player is the average citizen relocating. He undoubtedly can afford to buy a new place before he sells his current one. The team he's joining will provide him with all the resources he needs to make the transition painless. A real estate agent, people with knowledge about the schools, doctors, etc. And chances are he's already been in that city before and has at least a little familiarity with it, having played there. Probably has teammates, either from college or on his, his existing team or his previous team, that has played there. His agent is going to give him insight. Also, in some cases, a player's home home isn't ever where he plays. It's a place that isn't NBA-centric, his off-season home, for the reason uh, I pointed out all these elements that go into being an NBA player, because there is the possibility of moving. Somebody who truly wants stability for his family finds a place where they're going to grow up, where they're going to live, that isn't going to change based on who he's playing for. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So let's not make a player having to suddenly up and go someplace new as cruel and difficult as it would be for the average fan. It's nowhere near that. The thing you have to ask yourself is, if you were paid millions of dollars to play basketball, would you be willing to risk the possibility that you won't get to decide where you play or live? Because that inherently is the bargain every player who makes himself eligible for the NBA draft makes, and every one of them says, sign me up. It's good that fans have become more aware that players are human beings and have typical human being problems and concerns. I don't know that it was always that way. Having a decision like whether or not to uproot your family, have your kids transfer to new schools in a brand new city, spend the season apart from them living on your own, having to suddenly put your house on the market, set up a new place to live, all while trying to do a very high-stress, high-pressure job, is something fans haven't always taken into consideration. But, as if with so many things... The sensitivity has gone too far. Professional basketball is still a business. And in the same way businesses have to make tough decisions about employees and their jobs, promoting them, demoting them, sometimes eliminating them, the jobs that is, NBA teams have to do the same. Players generally get traded because they're either not performing as expected 
or financially keeping him doesn't make sense. Teams have to have the latitude to change their personnel, to refigure their teams when they're not performing at the desired level, in order to keep them profitable. And yes, you could say the mistakes when it comes to the financials or the way the team's constructed, that's on the GM, the guy who constructed it. And I wouldn't argue with you. You're right. In a lot of cases, that's true. But look at companies and how they're run. And when they have to eliminate jobs, it's often because of the decisions made up top. Are they firing the GM? Well, sometimes they do. Are they firing the company president? Sometimes. More often than not, though, they're eliminating jobs and they're looking to that company president for answers. Same applies in the NBA. So in that respect, that's one element where it's not too different. But when the vast majority of players sign a contract in the NBA, they are guaranteed the value of that contract, regardless of whether they get injured or they are waived. That is a hell of a lot more than the average person is guaranteed by their employer. But as I said at the start, that's because the reality of an NBA player is not the same as the average person. There are a hell of a lot more advantages than disadvantages, but there are some conditions the average person doesn't have to deal with. Suddenly having to relocate is one of them. There's also a ton of behind-the-scenes events and influences that not even someone like me has full access to and that fans, for the most part, know nothing about. James Harden's situation in Brooklyn, for example. We don't know what Kevin Durant said to him when they met in Los Angeles while Harden was still a rocket and they were discussing Harden coming to the Nets. What, if any, promises did Durant make about what their working relationship would be? How did he portray how Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving would play together? The roles they would have? Did they discuss it at all? I have to think, at some level, they must have. That's pretty standard for anyone accepting a new job with a new company. To ask, what would be my role? What are the people I'm going to be working with like? Even with that, there have been circumstances neither Harden nor Durant could have foreseen. The mandate in New York, for example, that a player based in New York has to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to play in New York. And when the mandate did come down, did Harden, Durant, and Irving all agree to get vaccinated? It has been insinuated that KD and Harden were initially reluctant to get the vaccine as well, but agreed to do it. There also have been indications that the Nets believed Irving was willing to get vaccinated at some point and then changed his mind. I'm sure that didn't sit well with either Harden or KD. I suspect it was easier to deal with, though, when the Nets decided not to let Kyrie play and the team was winning without him. Keep in mind, the Nets were 25-12 and 12 before the decision was made to allow Kyrie to play part-time third in the East and only two games behind the Chicago Bulls. No indication at all that James Harden was unhappy. As one rival GM said when I asked how the Nets couldn't know Harden was unhappy, he said winning is the ultimate deodorant. Everyone's happy when a team is winning. We saw the same thing play out with the 76ers. Joel Embiid and the rest of the team were not happy that Ben Simmons refused to play, but when they found themselves winning without him, it was no longer an issue. Out of sight, out of mind, and most important, no consequence. But in Brooklyn, the dynamic changed. KD sprained his knee. 
And now Harden was left to carry the load with a sometime in, sometimes out Kyrie. Kyrie, who had no problem dominating the ball whenever he was available, regardless of his part-time status. A Kyrie who is not producing wins dominating the ball. That, for me, is still not justification for Harden to bail. I defended Harden's tactics in Houston because he gave them ample advanced warning that he didn't want to be there well before the season started. And when the season began, he came out and performed well until it became clear the Rockets weren't in any hurry to make good on his request. That's not what happened in Brooklyn. Reports are that the Nets directly asked him if he was okay, and he said that he was. I'm still of the mind that when a player is unhappy, the signs are clear as day. In the same way, you know when your significant other is not happy, even if he or she says that they are. Why would the Nets even ask if there weren't indications something was bothering him? But much like a significant other, it's hard to know how to address their unhappiness if they don't tell you what the source of their unhappiness is. Harden owed it to the Nets to tell them why he was unhappy and at least give them a chance to fix it. And why did he owe them? Because he asked to be traded to them and they gave up a boatload of assets to make it happen. They invested in him. That's a little bit different than the average Joe out there working as well. Team or your company, chances are, eh, they might send you some training, provide you certain tools, maybe a company car. They're not investing millions of dollars, other players, future draft picks in order to acquire you. It's hard to blame the Nets that New York instituted its mandate or Kyrie changed his mind about adhering to it or that KD got injured. But that's apparently what Harden did and he looked in the face all of the things that they did to bring him there in the first place. I don't agree with Simmons refusing to play either, just to be clear. But the reasons why he has refused are clear. He told them, you and I may not like them or think they're legitimate, his reasons, and I for one don't, but at least he didn't keep them in the dark. And whereas the Nets didn't do any of those things that changed their relationship with Harden, the 76ers did. Embiid blaming Simmons for the loss to the Hawks is something a good teammate does not do. A coach publicly expressing uncertainty that he can win with a player is something a coach does not do. I dare you to name another player or coach who has ever said about a player what Embiid and Doc Rivers said about Simmons. And ultimately, they knew what they were dealing with, which allowed them to take action. Harden gave the Nets no such choice. I am, as I said, for player empowerment. But it's not a black or white issue. It requires both sides, ideally, working together, communicating, finding the best result when they decide that they no longer fit each other's plans. In any case, we shouldn't take circumstances and look at them through how they would affect us in our lives and think that they affect NBA players in the same way. They don't. 
Because when it comes to work life, they are operating in an entirely different reality. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the next episode, maybe time to look at Clay Thompson. I teased it once before about why the Bay Area loves Clay Thompson as much as they do. And I haven't addressed that yet. And considering how he's finding his stride, this may be the time. So let's plan on that for the next episode, unless I come up with a better idea. But in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.